Last week we uh, looked at um, um, what God does. And one of the things he does is he gives life to the lifeless. Today I would like to look at another aspect of what God does, and he loves the unlovable. But before I get too far into that, I think I need to spend almost a whole Sunday defining love. I think in the modern culture that we live, it's so warped uh, what love is. There's Hollywood love, and then there's politically correct love, and um, I really don't care about any of that. All I care is what God says love is. So what we're going to do is I've surveyed scripture, and I found five different kind of love types, okay? And if you don't understand, God uses five different love types. When you come across the word love in the Bible, there's no way you can interpret the Bible correctly. The first thing is you have to recognize there's five different definitions. And then once you understand, you use some reasoning to figure out which of the five is being employed in this verse. So the school teacher is going to come out in me. And I'm going to give you the information and I'm going to play a little quiz. I'm going to give you some verses at the end and some of them are going to be a little bit challenging, but we're just practicing using Bible interpretation to understand what God has in mind. Okay? So that being said, let's go to Luke chapter 6, and I'm going to start reading at verse 27. Jesus says, But I say unto you, which hear, love your enemies, do good to them which hate you. When the Bible says, love your enemies, what does he, exactly does he mean by that? And I think most of us would go to the, um, the golden rule, don't do anything you wouldn't do to yourself. But guess what? The golden rule isn't in Scripture. The Bible doesn't put it in the negative. See, if you said don't do anything, if I'm a seventh grader and, and there's a brand new seventh grader that comes and everybody's making fun of this new kid because he's got big ears or funny clothes, the, the golden rule says don't make fun of him like anybody else. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So you would go, if you were that brand new kid, you would like someone to go up there and talk to you and befriend you. So the golden rule is passive, but the royal law, James 2.8, 2, is very active. It's doing. It's, not, it's, it's the opposite of not doing. Okay? So with that being said, what does it mean to love your enemies? Okay? Well, let me read the next rest of the passage. Bless them that curse you and pray for them which despisely use you. And unto him that smiteth thee on the one cheek, offer also the other. And him that taketh away the cloak, forbid not to take thy cloak also. Go to every man that asketh of thee, and of him that taketh away thy goods, and ask them not again. And as ye would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. For if you love them that love you, what thank have ye? For sinners also love those that love them. And if you do good to them that do good to you, what thank have you? For sinners also do even the same. Verse 35, but love your enemies. Okay, we're going to double back to this passage when it says love your enemies. What exactly does God have in mind? Okay, so let's go through the five definitions, and then we'll double back at this passage and see what God would have in store for us. Okay? All right, here's the five love types. And it's a cutesy thing preachers do. I found an adjective, they all start with S. Now, for some of you, that helps you remember them, and some of you, it, comus- it confuses you, but, well, I'm just, I'm just going to do this. Here's the first one. 
It's a sexual love, and I'll give you examples of each of these. There's a satisfying love, there's a social love, there's a sacred love, and there's a sacrificial love. My guess is the one you're most familiar with is the sacrificial love. That's the love Jesus Christ did when he went to the cross. Okay? But let's look at some examples. Sexual love is a sensual, it's a physical, it's a physical or a mental desire. Here's a couple examples. In Judges 16, verse 4, this is talking about Samson. And it says, And it came to pass afterward that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. When we look at Samson's life, that love was a very sexual, sensual love. He was a womanizer, I guess the best way to put it. Okay? Here's another example in 2 Samuel 13, 4. And he said unto him, Why art thou, being the king's son, this is one of David's sons, Lean from day to day. Wilt thou not tell me? And Amnon, this is the son, said, I love Tamar, my brother Absalom's son. Now we found out that in this particular case, the love was purely lust. It wasn't love. Matter of fact, he did a date rape. And then as soon as he committed this awful deed, he ran away. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. So that's the word love is used, but this is a sexual, sensual desire. And then one more. First Kings 11.1, 1, but King Solomon loved many strange women. Okay, think about it. Remember how many wives he had? Anybody? A thousand. You can't love a thousand wives. But he can be sexually sensually desirous towards these women, and that's the way love is used here. Now again, when we go to Luke 6, do you think that's the definition of love in there? Probably not, huh? Okay, but the Bible is used that way, and this is important. Now, give me, let me give you an example. <clears throat> when I was uh, teaching, there was this little girl named Hannah. And Hannah was a nice little girl. She went to church every Sunday. She went to church on Wednesday night. She even uh, prayed in a crowded cafeteria before food. But she was boy crazy. Absolutely boy crazy. So one day, uh, towards the beginning of the school year, I was walking down the hall, and I saw Hannah's face, and it was all contorted. And I, what's wrong, Hannah? Did you, someone close a lock around your head? I didn't know what was wrong. No. Jimmy broke up with me. And I go, oh, is that it? And it is, I felt bad for her, but I really thought she was injured by the look on her face. Well, guess what happened six weeks later? I'm walking down the hall, and I see this contorted face. What's wrong? Joshua broke up with me. She did that six times in the school year. Six. You think, that would never happen. No, it happens even with grown-ups. You know, I speak at the rescue mission. I've been speaking there for a number of years. When I first started speaking there, they had it segregated. They had the male and the female worship at different times. I loved it because I could shoot straight from the hip with them. When they went co-ed, I had to stop pulling my punches. I can't tell you how many times I talked to those women and saying, you don't need a man to be whole. Some of them felt they were nothing unless they had a guy, even if it was a bad guy. And I said, you're better off with no guy than the ones you're choosing. Matter of fact, I ain't got a better guy. Pick Jesus. Okay, that's the one you should need. Okay, that's, 
this same thing. This is the sensual love. I don't know if it's necessarily loving the guy. It's just loving having a guy. And men, can, I'm just picking on women here, but guys could be the same way. Okay? All right. So that's the first one. It's the sensual love. When we look at our verses, very few of them are really talking about that. Okay? But Hollywood one gets this one mixed up. Okay. The second type of love is a satisfying love. This is something to taste or, 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 or to, um, to, to fulfill your ego or even physical comfort. Let me give you a couple of examples of this. In Genesis 27 and 4, it says, And make me, this is Isaac talking to his son Esau, and he says, And make me savory meek such as I love. Oh, I just love a nice rare steak. Have you ever said that? I love homemade pasta. I love chocolate. We say that all the time, right? Well, nothing wrong with that, but that is one kind of love, all right? Here's another one. In John 12 and 43, it says, for they love, this is talking to the Pharisees, they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. So this wasn't satisfying a taste bud, it was satisfying an ego. Ego, they love when people pat them on the back and they go, oh, that, you know, you're, 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 you're good. And then finally, 2 Timothy 4.10 for Demas hath forsaken me, this is Paul talking, having loved this present world and has departed into Thessalonica. Okay, so he loved the world more than he loved serving God. And that was a comfort, it was a desire. So when we're going back to Luke chapter 6, it says, love your enemies. Is this the one under consideration? Probably not there. Let's keep on going. Number three, a social love. This is relational this is an emotional attachment. And it could be something other than husband and wife. It could be husband and wife, but it could be something much more than that. Okay? First example is in Genesis 22 and 2. This is God speaking to Abraham. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest. Was Abraham attached to his son? Yeah, he had to wait till he was 100 years old before he had that son. Man, he, he, he loved that boy. But it wasn't in a sensual way, and it wasn't in a fulfilling way. It was in a relational way, okay? And it probably would graduate, as any father would do for a son, in a sacrificial way. But right there, this is talking about that relationship they had as between father and son. Here's another example. This is not a relate, blood relative, but this is another relationship. Daniel 1 and verse 9, And now God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. Remember when Daniel was kidnapped and carried away to Babylonia, and then he was put in this kind of like a college with walls around it. And the one that was in charge of all these young boys that they kidnapped the man fell in love with him. Now this, again, a lot of the world we live in will look at something like that and say, see, sodomy. No, this is not that at all. This is talking about just an affection that they had one towards another. Have you ever worked anywhere and, and actually loved a boss or loved an employee? It's got nothing to do with the first kind of love. It's just an affection you have towards someone. Okay. And it's the same way that as a pastor loves his congregation. Okay. And then finally, in John 21 and verse 7, Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved, this is the apostle John, said unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard this, it was his, he, he, he jumped in the water and he went swimming to him. 
Okay, but this is one where Jesus had 70 disciples that he sent out two by two. He had 12 special ones that were apostles. He had three on the inner circle, James, John, and Peter. But there was one John where they really, really connected. Have you ever had a coworker you just really, really connected with? It's not like they did anything different. It's just somehow you just clicked together. Well, this is that relational love we're talking about. Okay. When the Bible says, love your enemies, do you think that's what it's talking about? No. No. Okay? If you've got someone that's trying to hurt you, you don't need to draw close. So God, what do you mean when I got to love them? I don't even like them. Did you know you can love someone you don't like? Yeah. Right? There's people I know that I try to love them but I keep them at a safe distance. Amen? Okay. All right. Number four, there is a sacred love. A sacred love. This is a devotional. This is a worshipful one. This is one with reverence. It's a love that you have towards God or the things of God. Let me give you an example. And it's no surprise that most of these loves show up in Psalms, is it? Doesn't surprise you at all. Because Dave's... David's writing. In Psalm 26 and verse 8, Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thine honor dwelleth. I just love going to church. Not because I love the building. Not because I love the preacher. I love it because that's where you are present. That's where I hear God's word. That's where your spirit is. And that's where I learn about you. That's why I love your house. All the rest are just superficial. Psalm 119, 97. Oh, how I love the law. It is my meditation all the day. Have you ever said, I love thy word more than my necessary food? I think Jeremiah did, huh? Okay. And then 1 John 5, 3. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. Now, I've met legalists before, and they love keeping it just so people pat them on the back and say, oh, you're so holy. That's the wrong reason to obey God. Why do we obey God? Because we realize how he loved us and how he paid our sin debt, and we just can keep his commandments to say thank you. Do you think that's the love under consideration in Luke 6, where we're supposed to love our enemies? No, we're not supposed to adore or worship them. Well, there's only one left. Let's go to that. Right? Number five, sacrificial love. Let me give you an example of that. I'll define it. Seek the best for another, even to the expense of self. Oh boy. You mean this kind of love might cost me something? Yeah, boy. Yep. All right. Here's a couple examples. John 15 and 13. Greater love, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. There's the ultimate sacrifice, right? And that's what Jesus is telling the disciples because he said, that's what I'm going to do for you in a short while. 2 Corinthians twelve fifteen, And I will verily glad, this is Paul speaking this church at Corinth, I will verily gladly spend and be spent for you, though the more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. You know, this one is actually, I think, in there, there's two different definitions. I think the first one is, obviously, 
Paul is saying, I'm going to sacrifice for you. I will preach all day long. I will make tents all day long just to feed you the word of God. And the more I do this, the more you keep me at a distance. I think that's a social love. The more I love you sacrificially, the more you push away. So I think this is an occasion where there's two different loves there. We got to be careful. We got to realize all five of these loves are present in scripture and we got to use reasoning to figure out which one it is. Okay? Otherwise, the Bible's not going to make a lick of sense to you. All right. And finally, Ephesians 5 and 25. Husbands, love your wives. Well, that's got to be sexual, right? That's got to be social. Uh uh. Because look at, he's going to define what kind of love that is. Your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. And when you love your wife, though that way, the others will follow. Amen? Amen? But that's our goal. And sometimes you wake up and you, and if any man in here or any woman is honest, they'll say some days you wake up and you just don't feel like loving them. Maybe it's something they did. Maybe it's the way you woke up. Maybe you got a sinus headache. Maybe it's allergies. I don't know what it is. But some days you just don't feel like loving them. But you do love them that sacrificial way. What is the best for their greater good? I'm going to do that even though I don't feel like doing that. And you know what happens? The other comes. The other comes. Okay, there it is. Okay, now I'm taking off my teacher hat in terms of presenting the material, and I'm going to give you a test. You ready? All right. Here's some Old Testament usages. It's like a multiple choice test. You've got to figure out in this, these verses in the Old Testament, is it number one, two, three, four, five? You got it? All right. Why am I doing this? My goal is to prepare you to read your Bibles on your own and understand the Word of God. I do not want you dependent on me to tell you what everything means. Dads, I want to prepare you to help teach your children how what the Word of God says. Moms, I want you to do the same thing. I want to teach you when your children ask. But my kids are out of the house. Well, use it on your grandchildren. Use it on, use it on a neighbor. Use it on an in-law. Okay? I want you sufficient in handling the Word of God. Genesis 29. You ready? One, two, three, four, or five. Now, if you reach under pews, the questionnaire's down there, and you fill out the plan. No, I'm just teasing. This is just play. I only got two smiles out of the whole group. You guys thought I was serious. Okay, Genesis 29 and 32. Now, this is Leah. Remember, Jacob had two wives, Rachel and Leah. He got hoodwinked, and he ended up marrying Leah, but he really wanted to marry Rachel, and he ended up marrying both of them. Okay, this is what happened. And Leah conceived and bare a son, and she called his name Reuben. This is her first child. For she said, surely the Lord hath looked upon my affliction. Jacob loved Rachel way more than me. And now I've had a child. Rachel hasn't had a child. Here's this son. Maybe he will love me. Which love do you think she had in mind? Do you think it was sexual? Maybe. Do you think it was satisfying? Maybe she wanted some time with him. Do you think it was social? Probably. 
Do you think it was sacred? No. Do you think it was sacrificial? Maybe. You know, I think it was probably four out of the five. She was, she wanted anything. She was hoping for anything. And when you read the rest of the story and the way she interacted with Rachel and her husband and the, what she had to go through to get some time with him, I, I think it was any of the above. Okay. Second Samuel one twenty six. I am distressed for thee, my brother Jonathan. Very pleasant hast thou been unto me. Thy love to me was wonderful, passing the love of women. Whoa, wait a second. This is David and Jonathan. David says, brother, I love you. The love I have for you passes the, the, the love I have for women. What do you think that is? It's not sensual. No way. Because he had relationship with women, but he's saying this relationship I have with you, it's beyond that. Is it satisfying? I think it's beyond that. Is it social? I think it's beyond that. Is it sacred? No way. Is it sacrificial? Absolutely. Do you remember what Jonathan did? When Jonathan saw him, Jonathan was next in line for the throne. And here comes this little pipsqueak David comes along and he realized God's with that man. He's the next king. He says, I'm going to serve him. What did Jonathan lay down? That was that kind of relationship they had. And that's what exceeds the love of women. Okay? This verse is used to justify sodomy. But it is sick. But you cannot handle the word properly. You've got to understand there's five definitions of love and you've got to use reasoning to get the right one and to get the understanding. One more. Second Samuel thirteen fifteen. And Amnon hated her. We already talked about this date rape case. Exceedingly so that the hatred wherewith he hated her, this is Tamar, was greater than the love wherewith he loved her. And Amnon said unto her, Arise and be gone. My friends, the Bible uses the word love. But what definition of love was that? It was a sensual sexual it was a self-gratifying, nothing else mattered. And as soon as he conquered, if you can call it that, what happened? He hated her. That's not a Bible love. That's not Ephesians 5, 25 love. That's not a sacrificial love. That's not even a social love. That's even worse than I love homemade spaghetti. Okay? Okay. How'd you do? Well, I don't have to answer. Did you do pretty well? Okay, let's try a couple New Testament verses. Okay, here's John 8, 11. <clears throat> I wear this passage out. I love this passage. But this is Jesus Christ, and if you remember what happened was is the Pharisees were getting very angry at him. He was preaching and he was showing them up. They were having conversations. He was embarrassing them by his knowledge of doctrine and their lack of knowledge. So they went and they got this prostitute that was caught right in the middle of the act of prostitution and they find him and they take her and they fling her at her feet and they said, okay, Jesus, what are you going to do? Moses says we're supposed to stone her. And Jesus did this. He said, he that has the sin cast the first stone and they all went away. And then the girl sitting there, she's figuring the stones are going to be flying. Matter of fact, I think she heard some hitting the ground. 
She's down, she's, she's shaking, and she hears a stone hitting in the ground. But they didn't chunk it at her. They just dropped it and walked away. And these stones, she's got to be thinking, boy, these guys are the worst names I ever heard of. Boom, 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 they fall. And all of a sudden, there's nobody there. And Jesus says to her, she says, where are your accusers? She says, they're all gone. And this is what he says. He says, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. I, 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 I stress this every time. Just to say, neither do I condemn thee, is not loving her. Just to say, go and sin no more, is not loving her. It took both statements to love that woman. Amen? Amen. Okay, I forgive you, but knock it off. And knock it off yesterday. Because this lifestyle will destroy you. Our modern day definition of his love is we help people do what they want to do. No, sacrificial love is doing the thing that's best for their long-term interest, even if it costs you, and sometimes that costs you your friendship with them. If that was the case. And then finally, 3 John, verse 5. This is a man named Gaius. And John is writing this preacher named Gaius, and he says, Beloved, Beloved, that's kind of a strange name. Why would John call Gaius, or Gaius, as my children correct me, Gaius, why would he call him Beloved? Did he love him sensually? No. Did he love him satisfying? No. Did he love him socially? Maybe. Sacredly? No. Sacrificially? Yeah. Because when you read what that preacher was doing, that was a fine preacher. Okay? All right. How are we doing on time? We're doing pretty well. Okay, for you overachievers, I got some extra credit questions. I told you the teacher's coming out. Thank you, Amber. You're the only one smiling. <laughs> so, Sister Peggy. Okay, extra credit questions. This is Hannah. Hannah was unable to bear children. This is in 1 Samuel 1.5. But unto Hannah he gave, this is her husband Elkanan, gave a worthy portion for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb. What kind of love do you think that is? I don't think it's the sensual because the other woman, Penuel, got that. I don't think it's just necessarily the satisfying love. Social? Sacred? Or sacrificial? I think that's probably what it is. Okay? Give of her. I always laugh at this. Elkanah was the man I'm not. I'm working on it. Okay? I'm just, I'm just being honest. When I walk in and I see Deborah and she's distraught, I think, do I really want to wait in? Okay? Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Elkanah 
looked at Hannah, and he waded in. Okay? And you're laughing, but that's all our tendencies, right? And I, I fail more than I don't. Okay? Uh, James 2, 8, that's the royal law. If you fulfill the royal law according to Scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as, you, as thyself, you do well. That loving it doesn't mean the sensual. It doesn't mean the satisfying. It could mean the social, but that's still pretty lame. The sacred, I think it's the sacrificial. So when people come to the church, when people are in our community, we can act like Gaius, and we can do for them. It says that Gaius loved the brethren and the strangers. He treated them both well. He gave of himself. And the last one, 1 John 2, 5. But so, so keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that ye are in him. So we want to keep the word. What kind of love is that? Well, this is the way I take tests when I was in high school. I went, well, we haven't used number four in a long time, so if I don't know, I'm going with number four. But I think number four is the right one. This is a worshipful one. This is why we obey scripture as we do it to reverence our Lord. Okay? All right, I got one more passage I'd like to read. If you have your Bibles, turn with Luke 10, and we'll wrap up with this one. This is a passage where Jesus was preaching, and there was this Jewish lawyer. Now, a lawyer isn't an attorney of law like we think of it. It was a lawyer proficient in the word of God. The Old Testament was called the law, and he was a lawyer. He was expert in this. And Jesus and this lawyer is going to have a conversation, and Jesus Christ is going to define love. But in this conversation, there's a bunch of characters. And when I'm done, I'm going to ask you five questions. What kind of love did the lawyer exhibit? Okay. What kind of love did the thieves exhibit? What kind of love did the priest exhibit? What kind of love did the... What was the fourth one? Not the priest, the uh, Levite. The Levite. The Levite exhibit. And then what kind of love did the Samaritan exhibit? Jesus is teaching this lawyer about what love is. And we're going to see all five. Amen? But which one is zero was Jesus bearing down on? Okay. So I'm in Luke 10, starting to read at verse 25. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him. Do you understand? This guy is, is not loving Jesus. This is not an earnest inquiry. This is, I'm mad. I don't like this minister named Jesus of Nazareth. I want to trick him, and I'm going to try to catch him in a doctrinal loophole. That's what his goal is. Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Sounds like an earnest inquirer. But don't. this guy had no doubt in his own mind that he was set and he was God's gift to men. Okay? So he's asking the question not to really find out, am I a child of God? He's just trying to trick Jesus. And he said unto him, 
what is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answered, this is the lawyer speaking, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy strength and with all thy mind and thy neighbor as thyself. Basically, he just took care of the, first, the Ten Commandments. The first four was loving God. The last six was loving thy neighbor. Right? And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right. This do, <coughs> thou shalt live. He says, but I didn't catch him. I didn't catch Jesus. So he asked him another question, justifying himself. He's just worried about his own self. And that's one of the questions, Right? He said unto Jesus, who is my neighbor? And Jesus answering said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves and stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. I always always laughing. how do you leave someone half dead? Either they're dead or they're not, right? They're half dead. It's pretty close to it. And if someone didn't help him, he was going to die. 31. And by chance, there come down a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Can you see it? He's walking by. There's a guy down in the ditch. He looks and he just keeps on going. Okay, that was the priest. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked upon him and passed by on the other side. So here's the Levite. And he looks and he sees, he says, oh. And he comes up to the guardrail and he looks down and he says, Boy, that's going to hurt in the morning. And he just keeps on going, right? He just keeps going. Okay. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him. Maybe the Levite had compassion. And he went to him. And he bound his wounds. He went to a naked guy and he actually got his hands dirty pouring oil and wine that costs something. And he sent him on his own beast. He walked. And he brought him to him in and he took care of him. He had a busy schedule. He took time out of his schedule. Sometimes that's the most important asset we have is our time, isn't it? And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, take care of him. And whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay. Which now of these thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And you said, the one who showed mercy. Okay, the question I have for you. Okay. What kind of love did the lawyer have? Is it sexual, satisfying, social, sacred, or sacrificial? In his mind, it was sacred, right? He was defending God. But in his mind, he was worried about his standing, his justification. So really, it was a self-love, wasn't it? It was a satisfying love. How about the thieves? What was their love? Love of money, right? Yep. Love of money. How about the Jews, both Jews? The Levite and the priest. They loved convenience. They, loved, they didn't want to take time out of their way. They didn't want to get their hands dirty. They loved themselves. It was a satisfying love. And then I look at the Samaritan. And what did he do? 
He gave of his time and his assets. That was a sacrificial love. And Jesus said, that's the love I'm talking about. So when the Bible says, love your neighbors, that's the love we're talking about. Okay. I still, this is just a little snapshot. I took a whole Sunday to define love. Because next week, I want to come back. And I want to look at how God loved us. The Bible says he loved the unlovable. Okay? Not in those words, but the principles there. He loved the unlovable. So when we come back next time with those definitions of love, I want us to zero in on the kind of love that he gave us. I'll give you a hint. It wasn't one, two, three, or four. Which kind of love do you think it was? Sacrificial 